2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
3: It's the Roundball Rock
1: Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Ed McCauley,
3: Paul Arison, Joey Devine Adrian
1: Smith Tom Chambers Sean Keen Brandy Smith Patreons James Wardell Thank you James Abraham Rink Thank you, Abraham! Maxwell
3: Parkinson! Thank you, Maxwell! Musical guest, Everlast! And now, the temporary host of Round Ball
4: Rock, Joey Devine! Hi! It's me, Joey Divine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always uh with my good friend sean keen sean how are you
3: i'm all right how are you joey
4: um i'm pretty good i just want to say um my name is joey but in fourth grade spanish my name was jose
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um in in sixth grade spanish uh there was another sean and two other johns and uh my name was pasquale um, I I hope you know I'm, I'm bowing as I say that out of there, respect for the Spanish language. Were
4: there any children who had Spanish names already who had to keep their regular names because that's some racist shit that even bothered me as a child.
3: That definitely <laughs> happened.
4: Um before we get started with our show, I should just uh I just want to thank everybody who came to Podstar weekend at the Virgil on Thursday. It was great. Um, we saw, we saw our friend Dubaru. we saw our friend Chris Crittenden. I'm sure we had other friends there who did not speak to us because we looked terrifying in Joker makeup. Yes. Um, our friend Chris Ryan, he was there. Yeah, uh, our, our friend, buddy Chris Ryan. Coach Tyler, he was also there.
3: I um, shook sure hands with Coach Tyler.
4: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, big, big thanks to the AirBuds and everybody who came out, um, and it was nice to meet all of our pod Pod friends. Got to mm-hmm. talk to Hayes for a few minutes. Never get to talk to Hayes. Hayes D. Yeah. Busy man. Oh, to
3: protect this anonymity.
4: anonymity. <laughs> um, Some more business, though, of course, before we get the show started. Uh, five-star reviews on iTunes, if you could, please. Uh, it helps, according to every other podcast. We are not sure if that is true, but we don't want to... Uh, Look, we're concerned with keeping up with the Joneses here at Roundball Rock. And, uh, we want to keep up with the Joneses with those five star reviews. Uh, we actually got one this week, Sean. Oh, yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Um, let me read it real quick. Uh, it's from Upset Skins fan, uh, who said the title is This Podcast is Good. And the, uh, the middle section, of course, is uh, the body, if you will, says after exactly one beer. So I'm pretty sure that's Zach Lowe. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, thanks I, for I had listening, a feeling
3: Zach. I had a feeling he'd been listening, yeah. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at Pod. Email us at RoundRockPod at gmail.com. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your mom about the show. Um... Any listener helps. Um also patreon.com slash roundrock pod. Am I forgetting something?
1: No, I think I think that's it. I think
4: that's it. I got so used to also having Pod Star Weekend in there. It now feels I now feel empty. Yeah. We should be doing more live shows. Right. <laughs>
3: um it's true. Speak- get those juices going.
4: <laughs> Speaking of Pod Star Weekend and the phone. Um no. We have a lot of voicemails this week, Sean.
3: We do. It's uh one of our one of our hottest growing segments. Um is people people calling up to leave voicemails at Round Ball Rock. Uh
4: which you can do again at the number the robot is about to say, or in the body of the uh in the description of this episode. I keep saying body, uh, and it's bothering me. All right, let's go to the phones.
1: <laughs>
0: Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Tita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe. Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for movie times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000's. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you too can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 3236820342. Once again that number is, 3236820342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road.
4: All right, Sean, our, voice, our first voicemail comes from our friend Dubberu, uh who, in the popping Off Discord, which again, you can get in for just $3 a month at, at Patreon.com slash Round Rock Pod, um, they asked him to call up and describe what happened to him at Podstar Weekend. So here is Dubaru. Oh,
2: hello, Round Ball Rock. Voicemail number. Super disturbing. That that's what it actually is. But okay. Um, I'm leaving a message because I've been requested to tell people about Podstar Weekend, which was one of my favorite nights that I've had in a long time. Uh, just to lead off of the bat here, um, uh, Joey and Sean were absolute gems. They're amazing people. This is Dubaru, by the way. Uh, and they took me to a separate bar afterwards. Um, I'm sad I got to miss Dave and uh, Chris Ryan and everybody too. But uh, Sean and Joey's set was unbelievable. Most of the other groups just did their little uh, PowerPoint presentations, which was, fine. They were funny. Everybody was good. No, nobody was bad. Uh, Nitz and... I forget who Nitz was with. I don't even know. I'm just rambling right now. But uh, Joey and Sean were nice enough to take me to a separate bar afterwards and get me more fucked up and uh, leaded to my wife getting super messed up. And then Joey was nice enough to buy me a taxi to send me to a Separate hotel that I was not actually staying at. And yeah, uh, my wife was so messed up, we got kicked out of that hotel. But uh, we ended up making it back to our own hotel, which was nice. Um, it only took uh, seven hours to drive back from Los Angeles to San Diego. So that was a, a very fun drive. Hung over the next day. But uh, what I can say is, uh, yeah, Jillian and Sean are two great people. And we went to lunch with Joey the next day. He was very nice and didn't insult me anymore, but it was good. All right. Don't know where I'm going with this anymore. Kind of ran out of time here, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send this in a message, but say yes, I, I appreciate you guys, Joey and Sean. That was awesome. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the next show.
4: Um, Couple of things I should mention here. Uh mm-hmm. I did send Tabaru and his uh wife who'd been overserved um to the wrong hotel and I feel really bad about it. But it's because uh there are two hotels, one is called the Hollywood Hotel
1: mm-hmm. and
4: one is called the historic Hollywood Hotel. Oh, I sent them to the Hollywood Hotel and they were staying at the historic Hollywood Hotel.
3: I am. I'm just going to go on out on a limb here. I think the historic
4: Hollywood Hotel is probably nicer. Dubaru says it was worse. He says, oh, he says the Hollywood Hotel is nicer. (laughs) Is it is it the one that does
3: we we, the one that has like comedy shows?
4: That's the Hollywood Hotel. That's the one I sent them to. the oh, historic that's I Hollywood it. Hotel is on Melrose. Oh, okay, yeah. The the the
3: non-historic Hollywood Hotel—you could tell it's not historic because they have uh, multiple posters for uh, the movie Couples Retreat.
4: Mm-hmm, they do, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry I got you guys kicked out of a hotel room, but I will say. <laughs> uh, also, he says I did not insult him anymore at lunch. Uh, I don't believe I was insulting Dubaru at any point during the weekend. I would never do that to our fans and our friends, like Dubaru and his wife. So, yeah, they um, were great. It yeah.
3: was so cool. It was great to meet both of them. Uh, I just I had known before that Dubaru had a wife, mm-hmm. but uh, she was great.
4: She's absolutely delightful. All right. Yeah. Um, that's enough looking up our own assholes, though. Uh, Sean, though, you went to a Grateful Dead cover band show with uh, our friend at Ninja Pirtle, uh formerly Shot Daddy, um, the King Questioner himself, Dave Jordan.
3: Uh, that is correct, Joey. Sunday.
4: Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> uh, I mean,
3: look, you're probably the uh, meeting him was great. Uh, I was also with my whole family because my dad wanted to see a Grateful Dead cover band that just plays on Monday nights in San Diego. So that's what we did for his birthday. And we all learned how to play the game Pinnacle. Excuse me? He was really interested. What's the insist-
4: name of that game? <laughs> Pinnacle? Pinnacle? Isn't it Pinnacle? P- I've never heard it said out loud now that I think about it. I've only okay, ever I re- read it um Uh, i think you're probably saying it right okay Um, i i i mean i don't really
3: know we were kind of going off some weird church rules but yeah my just just for the record my father does not live in san diego uh san diego he drove to san
4: diego to see a cover band for his birthday
3: yeah they did fly they did fly at least (laughs) but uh yeah from the bay area and uh the cover band was great but you're you you have to probably enjoy the music of the grateful dead but it was very disco heavy um our listener was was great uh my parents were dancing quite a lot Mm -hmm. which is you know that's sweet
4: um did dave jordan uh who again is the person who asks the best reader questions did he give you any hints about any future gems he has down the pipe (laughs)
3: No, he didn't because he's a professional. Oh, he doesn't God. want me to he doesn't want me to get you know we're we we can't prepare we don't prepare for these questions
4: mm-hmm. you
3: Fair know a, a lot, you know. We got to we got to
4: you know. I mean sometimes we do. <laughs> Actually we yeah, we
3: <laughs> So sometimes we spend a, a a great deal of time thinking about our answers. Uh yeah, but it was great. And uh thank you, City of San Diego. I'm sorry I did not get to see Dubaru a second time. Uh but he did invite me to watch the All-Star game with him. And I did join an all-star betting pool for the MVP.
4: You did not and win. And
3: I I did not win. I got Trey Young in the random draw. They should have put him back in, Joey.
4: I disagree. Kyle Lowry's better. <laughs> Um, I'm with no, the Raptors that's, that's Twitter no, on that one.
3: No, 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 that's not the one, I uh, that's not the guard I would have replaced. Kyle Lowry ruled. It's that <laughs> other fellow. <laughs>
4: um, all right. He's not
3: tall, baby.
4: We've got another, we've got, uh, we gotta keep going, though. Um, all right, our next question comes from Billy. Let's see what Billy has to say.
2: Hey, Sean and Joey. It's Billy. I'm not your friend, and I don't have a podcast. I'm just a guy who's never paid you any money. A couple questions. What do the analytics say about the percentage of listeners that actually listen to Sean's songs at the end of the episode? I'll set the over-under at two and a half. Also, what do you think, who do you think, has the worst tattoos in the NBA? I have a bunch myself, some better than others. So I'm really just looking for reasons to hate myself a little bit less. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen.
4: All right. First things first, I want to say, uh, definitely more than two and a half people listen to Sean's songs. Sean, I'm going to take this first part of the call for okay. you. You don't have to say anything. Um, way more than two and a half people listen to Sean's songs because... Uh, And if you're not listening to Sean's songs, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. um, Because as a person who has nothing to do with the making of those songs, uh, the best jokes in our podcast a lot of time are in those songs. So you're missing uh, maybe the funniest thing that happens on the show. Um, Another thing I want to say, Billy, is um, you claim that you're not our friend. But guess what? Anyone who listens to the show is our friend. Even if they're nagging us about the uh things that take a lot of work to go into putting on the show. <laughs> um but guess what? Any listener of this show, you're our friend, baby. So uh thanks for being my friend, Billy. Um but let's get to the tattoos, his real questions. First off, also Billy, don't be down on your own tattoos. Uh, you got to own those, my man. Um, stop And stop hating yourself. Because you know what? Me and Sean, we love you. Um, but Sean, who do you think has the worst tattoos in the NBA? I mean, we, we sort of have left
3: the golden era of terrible NBA tattoos. Yeah,
4: Kenyon Martin not
3: in the league. And you just had some the trend of of uh, mistranslated Chinese tattoos has also seemed to have abated a little bit. Uh, we don't even really have any any like I can't think of a tattoo that would make you so ashamed that you couldn't take your shirt off and celebrate a championship with your teammates. Right? Is there is there a tattoo that's <laughs> mythical Jose Altuve bad?
4: Uh, I know who has the worst tattoos in the NBA, though. Uh, who is it? It's Marco Bellinelli. No one oh talks my about God. this, but They're... Marco Bellinelli has the worst tattoos in the NBA.
3: And he decided to get them at, like, age 32.
4: Yeah. Um. So... I pulled it up. I finally was able to find someone covering all of Marco Bellinali's tattoos, which we've been trying to do on this podcast for quite a while. Um, But someone finally brought them. So here's what he has. On his left arm, he has a Spartan helmet, uh, which, you know, is one of those helmets from 300. I'm assuming it's because of 300, too.
3: Right. That's what I thought. Two. um
4: i mean he's also italian so he probably has like spartan but it's because of the popularity of 300 that he got that helmet he yeah, also yeah. has a feather um just a big cartoon feather he has a red diamond <laughs> and on the inside of his left forearm he has a fedora he has a tattoo of a That's... fedora
3: That's the single worst tattoo in the NBA.
4: (laughs) Um, Well, there's more, though. Um, On (laughs) on the back of Bellinelli's arm, he has text that says, The will must be stronger than the skill. (laughs) He also, on the backside of his arm, uh, next to the fedora and the Spartan helmet, has a pair of hanging boxing gloves and a pair of dice. That's the, that's, I, it's so weird. You know why, you know why he has the boxing gloves though, right? Uh, I don't. They say it looks like Sylvester Stallone. Oh. This is all like Italian bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like a mobster's hat.
3: That's right. Gambling
4: Sparta and fucking Sylvester and Rocky.
3: Right, right. I just didn't think that actual Italian people were also into Stallone. But you know what? I, I'm i not. I was wrong.
4: But he's into Stallone because they say he looks like Stallone. I'm do guaranteed. He looks like, do you think he looks like Stallone? No, but like when he was young, they were like, he looks like young Stallone. He's like, they called him like Rocky Bellinelli and shit. Don't you remember that shit? I did. No, I don't. <laughs> I definitely don't. <laughs> but no, he does not look like Sylvester Stallone. He's just Italian. <laughs> yes, he's just Italian.
3: <laughs> but he has like he has like tattoos that someone who's like a fourth generation Italian American in America gets to try to remind people they're Italian. Yeah. And the si- but Bellinelli is like an Italian citizen who plays for the Italian
4: yeah, <laughs> basketball team who spe- whose native language is Italian is Italian. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the style of them, I beseech you to look them up, Billy, because yeah, um, we, we... they're but in a very the... cartoonish style. I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, he got them all in the same
3: offseason, I think, right? Yes, maybe not all of them, but a a fair. I think he got the helmet. The dice and the fedora and the boxing gloves.
4: I think so too. In like the same week, it feels like. Um anyway, thank you for calling us, Billy, our friend. Um, we love you. Um, you thanks. don't neg Sean anymore, please. Thanks, and how
3: dare you? Yeah, how dare please you. Please don't
4: neg Sean. To any listeners, you can neg me all you want, don't neg Sean. Um <laughs> Alright, our next uh, call comes from. It's, it's a it's a call from our friend Big Corbs. So, got to play that drop. Then we'll play the, his call. Big Corbs corner. Big Corbs corner. Big Corbs corner. A call from Corbs.
5: Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Big Forbes here. I'm sorry, it's a little noisy. I'm, I'm calling you guys. I'm uh, taking charge. Of the Battle of Gettyford. Third day. I've uh, been doing a little time traveling. You know, thought I'd call my boys. I wanted to... Uh, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec, guys. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm at an On your concert now. Uh, a little horrible flow. This might be a little better. Anyway, I wanted to call and say the thing about the Bronx. He is just an all star, man. And as a man star, he, uh, hold on a second, guys. I'm just kind of looking at me. All right, this should be a little better. Um, sorry about that. I meant the final boss battle of the video game, Final Fantasy VII, Sephiroth. Yeah, I mean, really, when you think about it, Sephiroth and LeBron are kind of, you know, you get this new kid, like a Cloud Stripe or a Wait, on. Guy's okay, I'm sorry. This should be a little better. I'm in uh, I'm in lo-fi, hip-hop, radio beats, study, relax, too. Uh, and sorry, the girl here is kind of freaking out, so I should probably wrap this up. Anyway, LeBron is a man, an I all-star, bad, and a brand. Thanks, guys.
4: Long. All right, guys. Um, I'm going to level with you. That was not Corbin Smith. That was an what? imposter. But the funniest thing that's going to happen is Corbin is going to listen to this uh episode and not remember that he didn't call us this week. Right, right. And think he did, and then be surprised when it's not <laughs> right. Because here's the thing about our friend Corbin Smith. Um poor short term term memory <laughs> does not remember things. <laughs> <laughs> um thank you fake Corbin a Smith. Um I hope it was Corbin Smith NFL. Yeah, that would... I don't know who it was, but I hope it was at Corbin Smith NFL, a man who is constantly tormented by the existence of Cor- the superior Corbin Smith.
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, he he's he was so frustrated, he got into stand-up comedy, <laughs> which is the true sign of I don't know, giving giving up is too strong a term.
4: Uh, do you have any dates this week, Sean? <laughs>
3: Uh, You can see me at the business. Uh, (laughs) Let's see if I can. I'm going to try to get some Seattle gigs in uh, April. We'll see about that. I'll I'll let you guys know.
4: Um, (laughs) We got some paper mail, too, Sean. Oh, we did.
3: Yeah, that's right. Sorry, at first I was like, someone sent us a letter?
4: (laughs) I don't know what else to call it. Uh, Anyway, let's hear that drop.
0: This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it reader mail? It is confusing for robots.
4: Sean, there's one that you didn't put on the list here, and I wanna read it to you. It uh, I I wanna read it first to you. Okay. Um I don't think you read it. Okay. Uh it's from our friend Pamelone, who okay. says uh, Daryl Morey drinks Diet Mountain Dew by the gallon. I tried for at least five minutes. Oh, so, he, sorry, he said, on the latest low post. Yes,
3: I, I heard this when it
4: happened, Yeah, yes. Daryl Morey drinks Diet Mountain Dew by the gallon. I tried for at least five minutes to come up with a funny question, but I couldn't, and I just think you should know. And so I came up with a question for Sean. Okay. Based on Pameloni's non-question, which is, Sean. You're a Broadway man. Yes. Uh, Which character in Into the Woods drinks Diet Mountain Dew by the gallon? (laughs) Ooh. um, I mean, I
3: think the most reasonable answer to this is probably... Okay, so I'm going to say there's three candidates. There's Rapunzel's Prince. uh, Just because... He, you know, he has to, he has to climb that tower and that's kind of like an extreme sport, Mm -hmm. but also he's like pretty dumb. Uh, so I feel like he would be very into being extreme, but also, you know, make that decision with his soda drinking. Mm -hmm. And also he probably, probably cares about his his consumption of carbs. Mm -hmm. Um, the other option is Jack, um, yeah, you know, the the giant killer, also kind of extreme climbing on the beanstalk, but also he's a child. Mm-hmm. You know, and that I could see a child. I, see, I'm gonna say he that. doesn't
4: go diet though, he's yeah, right.
3: Like, why? Why would he? Why would he do that? Which is why I think it's um the wolf actually,
4: mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: and because the wolf has a lot of behavior that is like menacing, mm-hmm. but also the aesthetic, uh, kind of feels like um a dude who has maybe just quit hard drugs Mm -hmm. and is sort of compensating to try to make things extreme in other areas. Like, uh, uh, and I could, I could see the wolf like having to have given up whiskey just before the events of into the woods. And just like, he's he's, that, that's his jolt is his diet Mountain Dew. Okay. But he's trying. He's also trying not to blow it up in recovery.
4: Okay, so the reason I did this uh-huh. is in case Daryl Morey is listening, yes. these are the kind of questions we will ask you when you come on the show. Right, right. Daryl Morey, go on Round Ball.
3: Yeah, go on Round Ball and talk about musical theater with us. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Uh, we're going to put it on a free episode, but... <clears throat> I do think that Matthew McConaughey would enjoy talking about it in the Discord, which is why we'd really like to encourage Matthew McConaughey, uh, Oscar winning actor to join our Patreon. Oh,
4: do I have to pay that? Uh, I should play that, that drop now, right?
3: Oh I yeah, guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you do that, but yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. So here's what happened. Matthew McConaughey, uh, Put in what, like a hundred million dollars or something, into the athletic.
3: Yeah, he was part of an investment group that gave them their their most recent round of funding. So
4: here's, th- we only want two things from this show. Mm-hmm. You know what? Three things. We want three things from this show, but we have two stated goals. One, to have Daryl Morey on to talk only about Broadway musicals. Mm-hmm. And two, to have <laughs> Matthew McConaughey become our patreon for one month one month at any dollar level and i've said it before i'll say it again matthew mcconaughey if you're listening i will venmo you one dollar more than what you what you become a patreon at whatever level you're at so if you come in at five dollars i'll venmo you six (laughs) Uh, I will make sure your investment pays out Which is something the Athletic will not guarantee
3: (laughs) Yeah, this is a guaranteed return on investment here We
4: are the sports media venture that you should be investing in (laughs) Anyway, here's the McConaughey drop
0: Hello, Shark. And by Shark, I mean the star of The Lincoln Lawyer and The Newton Boys, Matthew McConaughey. My name is The Robot, and I'm here to tell you about my business, Round Ball Rock, a podcast that is changing the game until tv related comedy podcasts. I'm looking for $5 for 100% of my company. Mr. McConaughey, in the movie John Grisham's A Time to Kill, you played a young lawyer fighting for what he believed was right. Well it's time for you to believe in Round Ball Rock. In Angels in the Outfield, you played on an Angels team that made the World Series all because a child wanted to live with a real family. I am a robot that wants to know love. It's time for you to believe in Round Ball Rock. In Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, you played a man who is haunted by his ex-girlfriends. Why are they all dead? Did he kill them? It's time for you to believe in Roundball Rock. In The Beach Bum. You played a beach bum. It's time for you to believe in Roundball Rock. In conclusion, give us $5. It's time for you to believe in Roundball Rock. Listeners. On the off chance he's not listening to our show for some reason, please tweet at Matthew McConahay uh, hey, and beg him to be our Patreon just for one day. We are way cheaper than the Athletic. Um.
4: All right, back to reader mail. Wow, we've I don't know other than Tillman time if we've ever had a drop within a a, segment. a, a drop with, yeah. an <laughs> extra an extra drop within a segment. Um, our friend feeling Minnesota asks whose presence was most irksome to you from all-star weekend coverage possible examples kristin ledlow's over-exaggerated campiness wade's unprofessional homerism reggie miller excitingly but recklessly adding small numbers together out loud while calling the three-point contest etc etc um, first off i want to say something uh yes. reggie miller was really good on all-star saturday i loved him He's bad at calling games. I loved him calling those three point shootout. I loved him calling the dunk contest because he's excited and uh horny for something exciting to happen, which is yeah. what those things should be- have it it would it felt
3: hornier than normal yes. from reggie yeah yeah <laughs>
4: um,
3: I did enjoy him trying to do math too.
4: yeah, it was great. I loved it. uh Kristen Ledlow, who I love normally actually, um, was having a rough time this weekend, I thought. Um, but for me, there's something that irked me more than anything else. This oh, All Star please, weekend.
1: please, please, please.
4: Uh, Derek Jones Jr., you cannot bring a giant birthday cake out during a dunk contest and not include it in your dunk. Yeah, that was messed up. I see a giant cake coming out. I need that cake to be involved in that dunk. And it, uh-huh. it made me mad the rest of the dunk contest.
3: Well, because it reminded you of how truly unappreciated...
4: The actual the, birthday uh, cake yeah, dunk Yeah, the was.
3: actual birthday cake dunk was, which people just didn't understand what happened at the time. But I'm going to say I still blame Dwayne Wade more than anything well, for... For rigging the dunk contest, there's no other way to look at it. He intentionally rigged the dunk contest. See,
4: I disagree. Uh, I think Aaron Gordon deserved to lose because of the actual most annoying people on All Star Weekend.
3: Let me let me circle back and explain why he's rigging it, and then let's go sure. talk about Aaron Gordon's uh, loserdom. But uh, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. Rigged it in favor of Derrick Jones twice Mm -hmm. uh, by knocking out Pat Connaughton. And then literally at the end of the dunk contest, when all five judges said, let's give the same scores to make it a tie. Dwayne Wade intentionally gave Derrick Jones one more point. Yeah. Knowing that it
4: would happen too fast. I'm not going to talk about Aaron Gordon's loserdom. Uh, I'm going to talk about the actual most irksome people from All-Star Weekend, which was the TikTok girls, uh, which is why Aaron Gordon deserved to lose the dunk contest. (laughs) Uh, Those TikTok kids were bad, man.
0: (laughs) Because they weren't even
4: the ones who invented that dance. Okay, that was, like,
3: more annoying than... I mean, okay. I'm clearly way too old... (laughs) to be talking about TikTok in general. I get it. But also that that degree of someone else invented the dance became die hard as a Christmas movie mm-hmm. during All-Star weekend yeah, when oh, it's absolutely. just like it's just like and then she was involved too and like how they were there so much. Yeah. But I don't I don't understand how it like benefits the NBA even necessarily.
4: I don't know, man, but they were the most irksome presence at All-Star Weekend. And that is and that is why I'm okay with with the, Dwayne Wade rigging the dunk contest like a fucking asshole. <laughs> Simply because Aaron Gordon reminded us the TikTok kids were there again for the 15th time that weekend during one of his dunks. I just, I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> what a weird, like, I just
3: don't understand why they're there for the NBA. You know what I mean? Like,
4: I mean, I get it. The NBA's trying to, like, uh, steal the youth vote. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I like, I the just... NFL's not being like, TikTok kids! Look, we've got TikTok kids!
3: <laughs> right, but is it, like... I just thought there would be a little more of... Maybe, like, a tangential relationship to basketball in any way but maybe that maybe that is not what ulster weekend is about it's
4: not um all right our next question comes from john sullivan who asks even though michael jordan is one of the least wealthy nba owners do you think he's one of the most respected owners because most of the others revered him when they were merely aspiring psychopathic billionaires let's ask that question first answer that question first okay um so the first time i read this i didn't realize he was asking about the other owners uh i was i thought he was asking about the players and i was like yeah of course but now i realize it's the is he the most respected owner among owners because of he's a psychopath
3: (laughs) right right like like that they've Decided to run their businesses as if you needed the kind of ruthlessness that you'd want for. Uh, I I don't know that that I mean there there is a a large tradition of CEOs thinking like yeah I'm exactly like a college basketball coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick Pitino has made so much money off that very idea.
4: Um, I don't think so actually um because uh billionaires are the fucking worst and um they only respect people with money and power (laughs) and uh a lot and michael jordan does not have as much money as a lot of those people um also he runs his team badly and i think that actually matters Oh, in
3: terms of how much they respect him,
4: uh, and as much as in terms of how owners respecting other.
3: Uh, it kind of depends on the owner. I think. I think younger owners of all stripes think he's he's. Uh, like everybody likes Michael Jordan. Yeah, but- I think that's kind of like the own like. Like the billionaires being bad people is kind of irrelevant to whether you like Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's. I true. think bad people probably like Michael Jordan more. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because also it, I think there is something to the fact that when, uh, someone who represents something that a billionaire can't buy,
4: mm-hmm. that's and- true. That Michael Jordan is the king of that. They, he has something they can never buy.
3: Right. But also, some of them are probably, uh... How, how many NBA owners out of the 30 do you think are, like, pretty racist? I mean, Gail 11? Benson... Basically.
4: What? Say that again?
3: I said Gail Benson, obviously, is yeah. 100%. Um...
4: I would say... I mean, they're less racist than other sports owners, for sure
3: right because you must you must have like some interest in basketball but like
4: i don't know i guess i would guess there's some pretty racist owners yeah me too um, <laughs> i don't know what number to put it at it's probably <laughs> a third right
3: yeah that that seems about right
4: yeah um, <laughs> um Okay, our next question, though, is the one I really... The next part of this question is the one I really want to answer. John asks, also, do you think the weird Grizzlies owner who wears a compression sleeve has ever challenged Jordan to horse? Now, his name is Robert Perra, first Uh off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And secondly, a thing to remember about Robert Perra is he once... Challenged one of his own players to a one-on-one game. He was going to play Tony Allen one-on-one. Yes. And uh, I believe it was Dave Yeager had to stop it. Right. From happening, yeah.
3: And Robert Para, um, one of our younger owners, and a guy who, I don't know how good he is on the court, but he is a guy that puts up shots every day. He says and he basically- can dunk. Yeah, he's, like, fairly, he's taller than you'd think, because he kind of has a frail look to him.
4: But no, he just definitely wore those jump shoes.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: Well, all, <laughs> He's definitely really... a guy who wears those jump shoes, which, for younger listeners, they might not know what those are. But, oh, yeah. Uh, what were those called?
3: <laughs> but they're, like, they have a thick, they're, like,
4: heavy, and There's they have an Seinfeld extra a Seinfeld episode about them. <laughs> um right uh uh jimmy's I... training shoes from seinfeld right. yeah uh yeah they were called um catapult training vertical jump shoes uh-huh um and they're like the opposite of a high heel sort of
3: right yeah yeah Yeah. They're on, okay that... but they're
4: on the front part of the shoe so you walk uh-huh. on your tiptoes
3: and it's supposed to strengthen your feet because you 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 don't just train in them I think you're supposed to just wear them all the time
4: uh, yeah I believe yeah <laughs> and then they they train your they somehow make you jump higher yeah um I wonder if anyone wears those anymore anyway okay, if, you've,
3: if you've ever worn those please <laughs> call us at round rock and talk about your experiences
4: uh Robert Pera has definitely worn those. And that's how he's able to dunk, right?
3: Uh, I mean, if I haven't seen him dunk, but yeah. But <laughs> also, um, anecdotally, I know people who went to high school with him. Mm-hmm. So he's from the Bay Area. And uh, apparently he was always very smart and used to spend his lunch periods just like shooting threes the whole time.
4: Uh, there so. is a uh, YouTube video called Memphis Grizzlies owner Robert Perry can dunk. Ooh. Um, so
3: <laughs> Damn. Uh so I think I think he basically God, I'm trying to think if he seems like someone that would buy a one-on-one game with Michael Jordan for charity or something.
4: Okay, sorry, back to this. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. want to say something real quick. I found, I don't know how we've never talked about this, but uh <laughs> The, the headline of this article is Grizzlies owner Robert Paris shows up Steve Ballmer by dunking without trampoline. <laughs> I love That's that. That's the whole reason he released a video of himself dunking.
3: Oh, because he saw Ballmer <laughs> yeah. go off a trampoline and he's like,
4: fake, fake. <laughs> That's fake. He
3: went off a trampoline. <laughs> Why isn't anyone reporting on this? This is f- this is fake. <laughs> he cheated.
4: Um, oh. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I think Paris definitely challenged Michael Jordan a horse.
3: I think he's too scared to, but he just is like, it. It is his dream to play horse against Michael Jordan. I, mean,
4: I he, also think he challenged Tony Allen one on one.
3: Yeah, but Tony Allen was his employee.
4: Yeah, but Michael Jordan down. could
3: laugh his face and, like, ruin his life.
4: Uh, yeah, that's fair.
3: Um, that's, all I, that's all I'm saying is, like, there's that heartbreak component of Michael, like, you know, as long as he doesn't get crazy and talk to Michael Jordan about dunking or challenge him to a three-point contest, he can still have Michael Jordan in his life as a peer. Right. But just imagine if he if he makes that horse offer like he that's embarrassing forever
4: um here's a question for because so i was thinking of it the other way like i thought you meant he was like afraid to lose horse to michael jordan but i was thinking like no like one-on-one against tony allen is way harder than horse against michael jordan you know what i mean oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> Because um, Tony Allen's really going to guard you hard.
3: Especially if you're his boss.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um, like, there's some guys who wouldn't eased up. That's not
3: Tony Allen.
4: No. Um, all right. Tyler MJ, our final question of the day, asks, uh, so he shared a, he sent us the cover of the Outcast G, of uh, the Harden Westbrook Outcast GQ cover. And asks, obviously Lone Ranger and Tonto is pretty good, but what other duos could Harden and Russ have gone with here? I mean, there's like. Well, there's some real out the window right away. You cannot do Batman and Robin because no. the the um, the metaphor they both want to be Batman and nobody wants to be Robin is like so overused in basketball circles. So the that's, right, right. Th- that's a big duo straight out the window. Yeah, um,
3: I, I think that's
4: I would have liked to see Holmes and Watson.
3: <laughs> right, right. Which one? Which one do you think is Holmes and which one's Watson? I
4: mean, it's very clearly uh, Harden is Holmes and Westbrook is Watson.
3: Yeah, he's like more energetic, um... but
4: also like one's a genius, but one's like has feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, I could see, like, kind of a kind of a lethal weapon pairing, too.
4: Mm, who's getting too old I mean, for this, though? Uh,
3: James Harden is getting too old for this. Even though Russell Westbrook is actually getting too old for this,
4: yeah, that's
3: he's, the le- he's, the lethal, he's the lethal weapon. Also, look, we're not afraid of a cross-racial comparison here <laughs> on Round Ball Rock. Uh, could they have been the bad boys, Joey? You've seen bad boys three bad boys no life
4: no one they're they both try too hard to be will smith they're like two will smiths yeah they can't be the men in black for that same reason (laughs) (laughs) but no see i actually think men in black is closer um than the bad boys like there's a certain aspect to, to James Harden's game—that's a little Tommy Lee Jonesy in Men in Black. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well,
3: yeah, because well, what he heard is he heard that speech at the beginning of The Fugitive, and he was like, "Flop House, what's that?" You know, search every doghouse, henhouse, courthouse,
4: right. outhouse, and flop house. There were also there's two more I would have liked to have seen them do. Okay, uh, I would have liked to them to see them do Mulder and Scully. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, very clearly, Westbrook is the Mulder and Harden's the Scully.
3: He's like he's skeptical of things like, like I, I don't. You're you're saying Harden would be like, I'm not going to believe that you can actually make a three pointer until right. I see it. Yes.
4: <laughs> well, I was thinking of more along the lines like, uh, Fox Mulder's entire thing is like. Uh, he's like emotionally driven, you know, where it's like my Uh my sister was abducted by aliens, which to me Uh is very Westbrookian. Um, Uh, where Harden is very uh like analytical, if you will, in the way he approaches basketball. I also would. I think I would. Go ahead, ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I I think I would have saved that cover
3: for Kyrie and Durant though. (laughs)
4: Um, I also would have liked to see them do Walter White and Jesse Pinkman.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good.
4: <laughs> I mean, that one is, we don't even need to explain that one, correct? No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, who's the Burton? Who's the Ernie, Sean?
3: Um, I, I see Westbrook as the more tightly wound one. Mm-hmm. He's more of the Burt. He has to deal with more like messes created by his his teammates and roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I I think he is more likely to have like a well organized paperclip collection.
4: <laughs> All right, here's another question: Which one's the key and which one's the peel?
3: Oh, um, <laughs> which one loves Mayor Pete the most? Oh wait, that was a fake endorsement. Yeah, That's that weird. was a fake endorsement. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um that's interesting i kind of think harden is the peel and russ is the key because Um, there's that there's that like emergence on a larger stage element too uh like oh this guy this guy should have had his own team years ago (laughs) i
4: I have another uh i have another Kyrie durant one that they should do next year Okay. Rust Cole and Detective Marty Hart from True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it I I I
3: would say that um Durant is uh the Rust Cole.
4: Oh no way, Kyrie's the Rust Cole.
3: Um I Kyrie's like has female relationships and stuff. Yeah,
4: but Kyrie's the one like staring into space, saying "Time's a flat circle."
3: <laughs> it's true. It's true. I just I was like pretty into like I don't know Russ Cole hating people's wives. You know.
4: Yeah. Um. All right. Which one is Michael Scott and which one's Dwight? Dwight Schrute.
3: <laughs> um. Do you, do you remember when was it Westbrook who got his f- car filled with popcorn one time?
4: I don't remember I was the this. The victim
3: of pranks. <laughs> Russ seems much more likely to have a beat farm, to me.
4: <laughs> all right, this one's easy. I'm oh, by the way, I'm just on a list of the best TV duos of all time. Uh okay. all right, who's McNulty and who's Bunk? This one's easy, I think. Oh, um,
3: wait, who's McNulty? oh from the wire, yeah, um,
4: it's gotta be Westbrooks McNulty and Harden's bunk right, 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 <laughs> 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 all right, who's Patsy and who's Adina from uh, absolutely fabulous <laughs> that's the oh, one they should have done <laughs> that's
3: that would have been an amazing <laughs> one do you do you think that those guys have have ever? scene a absolutely moment of absolutely not. fabulous
1: no
4: 100 percent no uh
3: i would say i would say wait now i'm now i'm forgetting the characters i'm patsy's the blonde right patsy's
4: the blonde i believe yeah
3: patsy is russ adina is harden
4: all right which one is coach and which one is tammy ta- taylor <laughs> from friday night lights
3: oh oh <laughs> uh god like neither um neither (laughs) i mean they're more they're more like like a like a buddy garrity and uh a jt mccoy's dad um but um i guess i would say that i think uh, westbrook is the more maternal figure of the two
4: (laughs) all right which one is bob and which one is david from Mister Show with Bob included.
3: Oh. <laughs> um, I think that I think that Russ is definitely Bob. And yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. I think Harden is Bob. Yeah, I and, think that's uh, correct. Yeah. David. Sorry. <laughs>
4: um. All right. Which one is itchy and which one is scratchy? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it seem
3: like Harden? Has had more cannonballs blow up in his face yes, over it does the seem years, that way.
4: Yeah.
3: Where, 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 like, Russ is more into relentlessly attacking. Mm-hmm.
4: I will and say.
3: And Harden, Harden is more into a scheme that, like, really goes badly at uh, the crucial moment.
4: I will say Eric Gordon is definitely poochy in this. Oh, my. Uh... <laughs> All right. Which one's after? Ab- before your contract. <laughs> Going back
3: to own planet, anyway.
4: Uh, which one's Abby and which one's Alana from Broad City, Sean? Oh, um,
3: hmm. Uh, I think
4: Hardens Abby.
3: Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. The yeah.
4: fashion is just what gives the West the Westbrook Alana over the top, right?
3: He's also way more likely to be hanging out with Hannibal Burris. <laughs>
4: Uh, all right. Which one's Beavis and which one's Butthead? <laughs> oh, um, you
3: know this doesn't quite fit the dynamic as before, but I, I think that, um, Harden is actually more of a Beavis, and I think that that Russ is more of a Butthead. I think
4: that's correct because it's an energy thing with Beavis and Butthead. Right, right, right. Exactly. Right. All right. Which and... one? <laughs> Which one is Hannibal Lecter and which one is Will Graham, Sean? <laughs> uh,
3: that iconic TV duo? Jesus Christ. Number
4: 19, according to Rolling Stone.
3: I, that, that show got very hard to watch for me. They spent a lot of time just playing operas. And, uh...
4: <laughs> Answer the question.
3: <laughs> right, right. Who's Hannibal? Who's... Who's Will Graham? Um, I think James Harden has much more of an ability to get into the mind of a crazy. I think
4: I think James Harden's the Will Graham, and that's partly why he. Yeah. Will Graham also consistently chokes in the clutch. In right. any version of Red Dragon that you read. Uh, yeah, he just can't get it done. I and mean, he like he knows the right thing yeah. to do. But instead he goes home to Florida and gets stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> um, alright. Uh which who's Fraser and who's Niles? Oh, um
3: You know, just very simply, I would say that um uh, Russ, Russ is the Niles. Harden is the the Fraser. Mm-hmm. Because my, Westbrook is like Niles is Niles is I would say arguably the Uber Fraser, mm-hmm. but also um, Westbrook is the one that you um, know they split up and then they come back. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Uh,
4: yeah. All right, which one's Don Draper and which one's Peggy Olson? Oh boy. <laughs>
3: uh, oh, D- James Harden because he's... James Harden is Don Draper because um he's like more into the Draper lifestyle I, I would say, say. Yeah,
4: and I would say in Oklahoma City he was Dick Whitman, not James right. Harden.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's just like uh, he, no, I was never a sixth man. I... Um, also that shady payoffs like to like Don Draper if he could have afforded it wouldn't he have had someone beat up Moses Malone Jr. to get with like TWA
4: um right, this is a one this is one that uh, GQ should actually do with somebody are you ready Uh Sean which one is Larry Sanders and which one is Hank Kingsley
3: oh my god
4: (laughs) um
3: God, I was I was just thinking like who's the most deeply insecure and I'm kinda like, well, it is both of them, actually. <laughs>
4: right. <laughs>
3: so like, uh Who does who does the shittier endorsements, would you say? Harden, right? Isn't Russ like a little more selective about his commercials?
4: But like see, I think Harden's commercials are at least so boring you don't remember them where Russ has like mountain dew kickstart commercials
3: oh right yep that <laughs> that i had forgotten do you think do you think that him going to houston means that they're gonna make a diet mountain dew kickstart it's
4: very possible purge
3: to to merge the worlds of russell westbrook and daryl Morey.
4: <laughs> um all right and finally sean uh-huh this one is the easiest one yet i think okay who's kirk and who's spock
3: Oh, who's who's the emotionless robot, uh-huh. and who's the one who gets uh, too recklessly aggressive to the point that it undermines his own behavior? Uh, <laughs> Russ is Captain Kirk, and James is Spock.
4: Well, that was—it turned out to be a great question that yeah. we spent way longer on than I thought we would. <laughs> can
3: I can I can I ask you just one big yeah. question? Yeah, which one's Rizzoli and which one's Isles?
4: hmm i forget which one is which
3: risoli is angie Harmon, i believe
4: oh, uh russ is risoli and harman yeah. is isles
3: yeah the the medical examiner yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> once again uh it may shock you to know this seven seasons of risoli <laughs> and isles
4: all right sean which one's franklin and which one's bash <laughs> Uh,
3: I am going to have to look up which one is which, but I'm going to say that Russell Westbrook is the uh, Breckin Meyer character. The Breckin
4: Meyer character, all right. <laughs> which, by the way, do you know how many seasons Franklin and Bash had, Sean? Three, four. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Breckin Meyer was Elmo Jared Franklin, and Mark Paul Gossler was Peter Bash. <laughs> weird don't and don't forget every um, america's favorite super uh hard body kumail nanjiani played pindar singh of course that's true what, great,
3: <laughs> it was like a great time to be a certain kind of stand-up comedian slash aspiring actor um as witnessed by baron vaughn's role in um what is that what is that one called?
4: Grace and with, Frankie?
3: No, it's Sarah. He, it's the one with uh Sarah Sah- Shahi, where she's like a process server or something.
4: <laughs> Dude, I don't remember. Love Baron Vaughn though. We love we He's great. We are Baron Vaughn, I would actually say friend of the pod. Um, yeah, he is a friend of the pod. Yeah.
3: Fairly legal is the name yeah, of yeah, that
1: yeah.
3: show. <laughs> and Baron Vaughn's character, his name is already Baron Vaughn, and his character's name is Leonardo Prince.
4: <laughs> um All right, should we? She's a mediator. That's what her job is on that show. All right, <laughs> let's uh just do the news and then get out of here. We'll do but the buyout game for yeah yeah Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, um, yeah. All right, let's go to the news.
0: Yeah. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process.
4: Alright, Sean. Our first story is, of course, the, Jer- the our top story. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Uh, the Jeremy Pargo era is over in San Francisco. Uh, uh. The Golden State Warriors declined to give Pargo or Zach Norvell Jr., a second ten day contract.
3: Oh my god. Um,
4: rest in peace. Rest Jeremy in- Pargo. Yeah. I don't know why they were wasting one of their ten day contracts on a thirty-three year old point guard, but in the first place, but uh I love Jeremy Pargo. Um <laughs>
3: yeah, he was third third on the season in three point shooting with forty three percent. the leader is of course Juan Toscano Anderson. And in second place is uh, Andrew Wiggins.
4: Yeah, you know, those classic warriors you think <laughs> of. Um, Our our big story, though, the one I really want to talk about, Sean, uh-huh. is the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, John Beeline. Yes! Um, this seems <laughs> unprecedented, what has happened with him today, correct?
3: Yeah, it does. It does.
4: Why don't uh-huh. you tell the listeners what's going on with Cleveland Cavaliers coach John, uh, John Beeline?
3: So he, before the season, signed what I believe was a four-year contract with maybe a team option on the fifth year. Yes. It was a fairly sizable amount of money for former um, University of Michigan head coach and even more former uh, Pitsnoggle whisperer in uh, West Virginia, uh, John Beeline, uh, beloved college coach. Played like a crazy three-point heavy offensive style. Also used to play a really crazy zone defense. Um, He's also uh, just turned
4: 68? Yeah, 68 I think is right
3: yeah it was
4: very weird for a man to get his first nba job at 68 years old but yeah he got a and he got a
3: five well he he was 67 when he signed the deal joey oh i'm
4: sorry you're right i'm being ageist
3: (laughs) um and it looks like he got he got a big raise for this job
4: yeah it was he was making i looked it up he was making 3.3 million at michigan a year and the yeah. athletic—they never said how much they were paying Beeline, but the athletic is saying it's between four and four and a half million dollars a year,
3: right? And it's—it's it's just weird because look, the the Cavs are terrible this year, mm-hmm. but also they knew they were going to be terrible. There was well, no—we
4: still haven't explained what Beeline. Oh yeah, sorry, doing.
3: sorry. What Beeline's doing is he's leaving. He's yeah. quitting. At the All-Star break, in the first year of this, he's apparently getting a portion of this year's remaining salary bought out mm-hmm. and then forfeiting the rest.
4: Which, so, I gotta say, if I were, say, Rick Carlisle, who I believe is the president of the coaching union, uh-huh. uh, I'd be not happy about this.
3: No. Yeah. But it's like he's like he almost feels like like a scab anyway. Like right. <laughs> he was in the coaches union for six months, and uh, I mean, it just seems like he got to the NBA and hated it immediately, and was just sort of like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm gonna leave immediately." Um, I believe the Cavs initially leaked this information during the fourth quarter of the All Star. True,
4: they did. Yep.
3: So, like the <laughs> ultimate burying bad news dump and it seems like woes just talked about the formalized announcement just to give it like a second bump because everyone would have missed it um and and so so he's out um joey do you know who the new coach of the cavaliers is
4: i do um and let's be honest he's not gonna be there's no way they're hiring him full time, right? This is
3: they. They claim he is now the permanent
4: no coach. No fucking way. That's a lie.
3: Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's it's the NBA's all-time interim coach,
4: JB Bickerstaff.
3: JB Bickerstaff. Yes, he's been the interim coach uh, in Houston when James Harden fired Kevin McHale. Uh, he was an interim turned permanent coach in Memphis, mm-hmm. taking over right. after
4: fizzdale got fired yes I that's think. correct yeah <laughs>
3: and now he is taking over the Cavs after beeline got fired apparently they got hired as a package deal and the idea was they would eventually transition to bigger stuff which seems like a weird move given that jb bigger has coached like two and a half years of nba basketball at uh, this point like-
4: also seems wrong considering they uh signed jim beline john Beeline to uh a five year deal <laughs> right <laughs> um but also i have i have to
3: say um you i i guess i can see the the sort of like basis for mark jackson's terror of all his assistant coaches mm-hmm where it's like, oh yeah, I guess I, I guess I would fire a disappointing coach if I had a good alternative like that. Except JB Biggerstuff does not seem like a good alternative. Right. Um Well and the,
4: I mean he's probably better than Beeline, right? Yeah.
3: I mean almost anyone is better than <laughs> it just it didn't work at, I mean they were having a lot of trouble pretty early on. Uh, uh
4: I do want to say uh-huh. uh John John Beeline should call brian wilson immediately because uh that is another man who walked away for millions of dollars because he hated someone with the last name love so much good point (laughs) can't believe
3: wow this is Uh all
4: he's leaving because of kevin love right this is entirely kevin love related yeah
3: because for everybody else you know he kind of stopped playing the style he brought in and started playing like regular NBA sets pretty early, but no, I mean, just them being bad. I, I haven't heard that. I mean, may, maybe he really hates coaching Colin Sexton, but I don't know. It, do you think, do you think getting Drummond was the last straw?
4: <laughs> I don't know, man. Well,
3: I think, I think drumming actually probably a fine <laughs> player. coach. Um, now, now, the fact that they have uh, four different centers that are making, like, at least $15 million a year, that might not have encouraged Well, they're him.
4: buying out Tristan Thompson, right?
3: Right, but they still have Drummond Love, and L- Larry Nance makes way more money than you think he makes.
1: <laughs>
3: like, like, when you think about Larry Nance, off the top of my head, I'd be like, I guess I might give him the mid-level
4: he makes like 17 million dollars a year doesn't he
3: uh it is it four for 45
4: yeah that's a lot um (laughs) um all right let's also do these last two stories real quick here um do you want to talk about Steph Curry's horny picture? Because I don't really have anything to say about it. But Sean, I believe you do.
3: I just feel like we need to mention it.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, so yeah, this... Steph Curry... Um. Do you know how sometimes when you... Okay, I I don't have the horniest Instagram follow list myself. But occasionally you will end up like following comedians and like, you'll look at Instagram in public and somehow it's like a a picture of like a 24 year old comedian that kind of looks like child porn. You know what I mean? Have you had that experience of just somebody like, like a real aggressive thirst trap that shocks you Uh and it's a little embarrassing. That's how I felt uh, with, with, uh, the this this Steph Curry picture popped up at the top top of my feed on Instagram, while I was sitting next to my mom, and immediately was like, "I got to put this phone down." Um, mm-hmm. Steph is is holding up Aisha Curry, who's uh, his licking wife, his Aisha, forehead for some reason. Licking his forehead disturbingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's wearing a bikini and straddling him, and you can he see he definitely
4: has a boner.
3: He definitely has a boner, and. His, his left hand appears to be having no trouble grabbing his wife's ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he posted it like an hour before the All-Star Game started.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Also, cropped out her feet. That's weird, for <laughs> Steph. Um, and it seems to be that like a year ago, Aisha Curry said that thing about, I don't know, wanting Steph to be more publicly horny for her. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh he did it. He did it.
1: <laughs>
3: it does not feel like it is on brand for Steph Curry. It was weird for a lot of reasons. Also, the fact that um now with the dynamic of the Curry family, the top comment on it was uh Callie Rivers Curry mm-hmm. just being like, "Yes, queen. <laughs> Come on." <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, just I don't really know what it means necessarily, but it was like his contribution to All Star Weekend.
4: I don't know. My thing is, uh, you know, let a guy be horny on vacation. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh
3: the 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 thing I was very relieved about though, Joey, is if Steph Curry was gonna miss an All Star game, this should be the one mm-hmm. because. Every time that he's had to win money for charity by making baskets, yeah, it has gone poorly.
4: Well, no, he won that kid a scholarship in the skills challenge, if you remember correctly. Um. <laughs>
3: just just remembering <laughs> when it was like hit a half court shot and it's a million dollars for charity. Yeah. Okay, hit a hit a regular three for a hundred thousand dollars. Step, can you make a layup?
1: So close. <laughs>
4: Um, all right, and then finally, let's talk about Kyrie. I mean, I guess we can talk about All-Star Weekend, but I feel like every other podcast has covered that, but we'll do that a little afterwards. Okay. Um, but let's talk about Kyrie. Sean, Kyrie Irving is the new vice president of the Players Union. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I am not sure I've ever been more psyched for a lockout. Oh,
3: it's... Gonna be an amazing labor negotiation. Oh, um, uh,
4: there is one thing we should mention, uh, that the NBA Players Association did this weekend that no one is talking about, but I thought was a pretty big deal, Sean. Uh huh. Uh, they actually made G League players part of their union, which I don't think any other sport does has done that yet. No, Uh, the Major League Baseball Union, in fact, constantly fucks over the minor leaguers. Yeah,
3: they did get a raise this year, but uh that I believe just kind of came from uh the owners like <laughs> yeah. being like, "Hey, the Bernie might win. Let's give these guys a 40% raise." So they're still not really getting enough, but it is a pretty big percentage raise.
4: Sure. But either way, I look forward to Kyrie Irving um, opening all of the G League players' third eyes uh, (laughs) when he gets them each sensory deprivation tanks in collective bargaining, (laughs) when he gives up their guaranteed contracts (laughs) for DMT and uh, sensory deprivation tanks. Um, and premium Joe Rogan podcast subscriptions. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
3: <laughs> they're all gonna get to, um, they're all gonna li- get to live in his commune, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, did you- he uh,
4: definitely listens to Rogan, right? I mean, he listens to all of it, Joe. He believes everything no, he creates. he reads. definitely <laughs> listens, but very specifically, though, he definitely listens to Joe Rogan's podcast, right?
3: I think that's probably right, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you know who the previous vice president of the Players Association was?
4: Was it Chris Paul?
3: No, it was, uh, Pau Gasol.
4: Oh. Well, I mean, but it was LeBron, there's a couple of VPs, right? Isn't it LeBron, Chris Paul, and then, like, a couple, aren't there, like, three or four?
3: Uh, I'm gonna look that up right now. Because Chris Paul is the president, right? Yes.
4: Yes. But LeBron was a VP. I know he was.
3: Yeah, let's see. Let's see who the officers are. Hopefully, Roger Mason Jr. is no. <laughs> yeah, there's, there are, there is President, First Vice President, Secretary, Treasurer, and six additional Vice Presidents.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there were a lot.
3: <laughs> so, so uh, it looks like. Man, I have to say, in this NBA Players Association official picture, Kyrie could not look higher. (laughs) Uh, Here's your leadership. Uh, The secretary treasurer is Anthony Tolliver.
4: Okay, that's tight.
3: The first vice president is Andre Iguodala.
4: Okay, makes sense. Uh,
3: Then rounding out your six additional vice presidents... Bismack Biombo,
4: okay,
3: whose name is misspelled on this. Oh. Malcolm Brogdon.
4: Oh, the president.
3: He's the president is the vice president. Uh, Jalen Brown working with Kyrie again. That's a powerful block right there. <laughs> and you know who I think they're they're going to be able to bring in uh, to get to make a voting block. C.J. McCollum, vice oh. president. C.J. McCollum, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, and the final vice president. Garrett Temple. So this is... I really think Kyrie Irving is consolidating power here. <laughs> because Garrett Temple is an untradeable net, according to Kyrie's right. comments earlier this year. He already kind of recruited Jalen. Like, that's... This is a serious Kyrie power base.
4: <laughs> Who's the And Chris Paul's the president now?
3: Chris Paul's the president, but he does not seem like he has that many... So LeBron outliers. was like a
4: wartime vice president? <laughs>
3: uh i believe lebron was was possibly the first vice president i think andre took took over for him
4: yeah but it was like oh LeBron yeah it only like, cared when it was like oh we're actually bargaining here right yeah
3: well and he was like <laughs> oh we're bargaining uh okay let's make sure that um we just we just raise the age that you can still get a max contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be some weird CBA thing that we're going to find out about that allows him to personally draft his own son.
4: Um, all right. And real quick before we go, did you want oh, yeah. to talk about All-Star Weekend?
3: Eh, let's just go through it real quick. Uh,
4: Skills Challenge, your favorite. Oh, yeah. My, easily my favorite. Uh, except I thought this year's was kind of whack. Um, more passes put more passes in it yeah i think uh, feel like it feel like the word challenge could be
3: i think you could maybe emphasize that a little more make it a little more challenging but yeah i was happy bam
4: one i was also happy bam one uh Uh, i was incredibly happy buddy healed one oh uh, the the, three-point shootout because uh you know me i don't like seeing devin booker be happy
3: yeah, that's true. He he wasn't. Yeah, I don't think he was very heavy. He was. I think he was on a winning team, right? Wasn't he on Team LeBron? I don't even remember. Who cares? Whatever, Devin Booker. Enjoy enjoy your asterisk All Star appearance. <laughs> Why are we being so mean to him? This. Uh, and then the dunk contest. We got into it. It was a good dunk contest. Um, I didn't. I'm going to say I was skeptical about Dwight Howard's claim that Kobe Bryant
4: had agreed. Yeah, that was a
3: lie. Like, like, I'm sure I don't I don't doubt that Dwight asked him and that he was Mm -hmm. thinking about it. But it just does not seem like, like, how many dunk contests has Kobe helped out with? Zero. I think none. Right.
4: Mm hmm. Yeah. Didn't help Shannon Brown. Right. A player I think he actually liked. (laughs) <laughs> that just doesn't
3: it just doesn't the way Dwight describes it just really doesn't seem like something Kobe Bryant traditionally is interested in. Mm-hmm. Correct.
4: Yeah. Um I think Derek Jones Jr. actually deserves uh, uh, that... I thought he had the best dunk out of everybody. Yeah, that's uh, and fine. that's I... who should win. <laughs> uh
3: Aaron Gordon, too. Uh that's 0 for four. In big championships, right? (laughs) He had Zach Levine beat him, Derek Jones beat him, the drone beat him, him, and uh, Uncle Drew's team beat him. (laughs) Just Uh, can't win the big one.
4: uh, Do you want to talk about the actual game? Uh, Are you into the Elam ending?
3: It was fine. The only thing I would say is um, I would do something with the uniforms. So like make the names bigger. Especially if somebody is going to be, like, obviously you know who LeBron is, but when you're subbing very quickly and the players aren't even separated by conference, like, don't make the names tiny and at waist level. Especially if maybe, I don't know, everyone on the same team is wearing the same number. (laughs)
4: Like, I know that, John, this I, is i- I agree with I know you this is a
3: man shit right here this is
4: but this is the oldest man shit that's yeah, yeah. ever been on this podcast I, this I was
3: trying to watch the game on kind of a shitty t v at the beginning, and it was just impossible to see what was happening. I know this is an old man thing. The other thing I would say is um i mean i guess I guess we are now in an era where. You're lighting money on fire if the team does not have 12 different uniforms that they wear during the season. But, like, how is the All-Star Game uniform really a big seller in the market? Couldn't they just wear their own team's jerseys? Because See,
4: I think the problem with that Uh is if they're not doing East-West, then they're all wearing different jerseys. No no one will know who's on what team. They're white and colored.
3: Like a regular game.
4: But I guess I guess nobody I I I don't know. This is what I think they should do. I know how to solve this for you, Sean.
3: Okay, what is it?
4: Shirts versus skins.
3: I mean, well, okay, that's again, I still kind of think you need (laughs) an identifying mark in some way. Like, again, I'm okay with all of this stuff, but just make the names a little bit bigger and maybe have them not at a weird place that Jersey names usually are not, but maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just a voice in the wilderness, Joey shouting from, uh, my, my AARP meeting.
4: (laughs) Um, congratulations to team LeBron for, uh, Drafting all the best players in the NBA once again. <laughs> kind of seems like that first pick
3: <laughs> is a pretty big advantage.
4: <laughs> shouldn't, it, shouldn't they make it like a
3: snake draft? <laughs> because it's it's just like yeah, Giannis, it's like, well, you didn't get enough votes. So here's fucking Kemba Walker <laughs> starting the game for your team. He was he was not good at the end of that game, Joey.
4: No, no, he really wasn't. Um I thought it was exciting though. I usually think I think the All Star game usually sucks and normally I don't even watch it. But uh I wanted to see this new uh twenty one style scoring. My only the only way I the only thing I would do to change the Elam ending, Sean, uh uh-huh. is I would make it like the game of twenty one where you have to get it exactly right. or else you lose points. Oh, well, then <laughs> I would I would just make it that you
3: have to win by two. That's all. That's all I would say. If you're because you're going like a playground way too. and then you and then you get the extra element of like, if you're down one point. Do you make a two or like you can win it on a three to come back from one down? Because then you win. you know, uh, uh. All, it, it was good. I I did. I did feel a little discouraged about Giannis a little bit. <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, Kawhi, Kawhi is still shutting you down. It's, uh, but it was, look, all the, all the, the, the hard defense was pretty, would generally, I'm not, I'm not someone who really celebrates that because it feels, um, Puritan in a way, mm-hmm. but it was tight. It was tight. You like Kyle this Kyle Lowry being a fucking maniac at the end of that game was hilarious too. Mm-hmm. Just like like an old man at a rec league, just drawing charges over bigger guys like was tight. Um. Uh. Also, Joey, do you think there was a conspiracy trying to keep Rudy Gobert from winning the MVP?
4: No. Uh. No, no, just no one wants that. You know,
3: he was yet. the plus-minus leader in the game, right? I don't
4: give a shit. And uh, they did. The <laughs> you know, Eric Paschal uh, scored the most points in the rookie sophomore game and did not win the MVP. Right? Was that? Know. Was there also a know. fucking conspiracy yes! there? Yes, there <laughs> was. There was an anti <laughs> Miles Bridges. You apologize. <laughs> Um, that's just not what anybody wants in a fucking All-Star game. All right, I'm <laughs> done talking about All-Star. Every other podcast is going to have done it. We've yeah, yeah. done it now. Let's finish. Uh, That's our episode. Sean, yep. what do you want to plug? Um,
3: read some shit on Yard Barker about the NFL. That's coming out. The NFL? <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> oh, have you made sure there's not a Sean Keen NFL that... The people mad at you will
3: harass. Uh, There there is one, but I don't think he he was like a he he was working for. I don't even know if it was SB Nation or he was a Patriots blogger. Wow.
4: Yeah. Hopefully he he doesn't get in trouble from all your hot take writing. i know. look out. No,
3: but this week this week I'm going to have a thing about um, uh, uh, the biggest disappointments in the NBA season. And, John Beeline, you might make the list. <laughs>
4: um, as for me, uh, you can always follow me on Twitter, at Frankie Muniz, where on February 16th, I tweeted, The more golf I play, the more I realize I hate golf. I just spend money to be miserable and lose golf balls. I still finished fourth today somehow, though. So... I'll play again tomorrow. Um, is he talking about coming in
3: fourth in his group? Because don't you usually play in a foursome?
4: I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he was talking about. He, let's be honest. He was probably in a, um, some kind of celebrity tournament, right? Yeah.
3: I think he's actually a fairly good golfer.
4: (laughs) Um, did you write a song?
3: I did. This is a, uh, it's a Kevin Love song again. It's a police song.
4: Uh, great. Um, is it the King of Pain? Uh, cause that's <laughs> what he is. <laughs> it's, uh, th-
3: this one's <laughs> called, um, Love Can't Stand Losing. <laughs> okay. Uh,
4: yeah. great. Um trust the process
3: trust the process uh,
4: shut it down let's all stop talking about the all-star game and start talking about actual basketball games except not on this show because
1: that's not what we do (laughs) call colby i've been on the phone today and i'm not getting moved on the deadline day dan gilbert insists that they give him a first And I want to kill myself because this team's the worst. I guess I'm insubordinate, cause I'm gonna go out and play like shit. Love can't, love can't, love can't stand losing, love can't, love can't, love can't stand losing, Love love can't, love can't, love can't stand losing, losing games. Love can't stand losing games. Love can't stand losing games. Love can't stand losing games Altman saw my last trade demand And told me I could talk to the hand I can't see the point in another game Where Tristan's running just like he pulled up lame I guess the team's incompetent But if they give me a buyout I want every cent Love can't, love can't Love can't stand losing Love can't, love can't Love can't stand losing, love can't, love can't. 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 Love can't, love can't, love can't stand losing games. Hello? Thought we'd keep our powder dry They don't care, so I don't try I feel like it's a bad dream And now under Drummond is on my team I guess you'd call it a salary dump But that guy's dumber than Forrest Gump Love can't, love can't Love can't stand losing, love can't, love can't, love can't stand losing, love can't, love can't, love can't stand losing. Honestly, I'm sick of just saying the word losing, recording this song. I can't even imagine how the
3: Cavaliers feel. But you know what? Why don't you relax, Kevin Love? Why don't you relax, Sting? And hey, John Beeline, you can relax all season
1: long.